Welcome to the In Pursuit Why podcast. Today, my guests are Josh Rivera, Jimmy Johnson, and Benny Shafris, the co-founders of Yellow Duck NFT. Can you tell me a little bit about the meaning of your project, Yellow Duck? So the way we often describe Yellow Duck, although NFT is in the name, we don't really look at ourselves as a standard NFT project. We came into this with a vision to push creativity and curiosity and give a lot of opportunity to those who don't. We really are trying to share our message and our mission statement as best we can. And NFTs we saw was the best way to go out and, and complete that mission. And so really pumped with what we're building. It's kind of like a right place, right time kind of thing for where we're at. I, I think we're all on the same page as if like, there's, I don't think there's ever a right place and a right time to do something. And if there is, I'd say it's right now. So we're really happy with the right things. Benny, can you touch on your recent Panama initiative and the meaning behind that? Yeah. So we went down to Panama and the goal was to give them $15,000 in uh, school supplies, art supplies, and sports supplies. Really what it's all about is just giving back to uh, underprivileged communities. And that's what really the Yellow Duck Initiative. It was a lot of fun. It was very eye-opening. It was our first one and we did it pre-mint and it was really exciting. Do you think when you first started the project, that was one of your whys that was so important to have initiatives like that? Yeah, so just for me individually, like the two things I'm most passionate about in my life are like one, traveling and two, helping people. So when you think of like an initiative in Panama, that's literally my dream. And to be doing that now um, at 20 years old, and hopefully there will be many more in the future with Yellow Duck, it's really exciting. Josh, one of the things that benefits the holders is being part of the Yellow Duck spotlight. Can you touch on your why for implementing that into your project. Sure. So piggybacking on what Jimmy and Benny were speaking on, the scope of the Yellow Duck project is giving opportunity to people that are less fortunate. And obviously there needs to be some kind of holder benefit. And the way we give back to our community is we spotlight one or two individuals a month and we figure out what their passions are. We help them discover what their passions are and we can fund exactly what they want to do. You know, a huge problem right now is many people don't know what they're passionate about because they're stuck in their nine to five. They're stuck in their daily duties and they don't have the time to really pursue or discover what they, you know, truly passionate about. So we're luckily in a place where we can pick one or two community members, whether they want to be a streamer, they want to be a professional golfer, they maybe they want to be a professional poker player and they want to be bankrolled. We can fund their poker bankroll and we can give them some funds to take on their nine to five part-time. So truly, you know, whatever you've passionate about, whatever makes you happy, that's what we're here to support. Awesome. I love that. What books or other medias helped you discover your why for this project? That's a good question. I'd say, you know, I have a passion for Web3, crypto NFTs as a whole. So I've been researching the space since 2017. I was super into decentralized finance in 2020, got into NFTs about half a year ago. So I'm super in the technology behind crypto and NFTs and how we're on the forefront of this, you know, revolution that's going to take over what, you know, people truly don't understand how important NFTs and, and digital currencies are going to be in the future. And something I've always, you know, been passionate about growing up was my mom and my dad always tried to give back with the extra money they had. So that was truly ingrained in me. And I think that, you know, goes hand in hand, making an NFT project and giving back. Yeah. Without you know, I really think like long-term when I look at NFT projects right now, I think people are coming to realize like 
as the supply of NFT projects out there just increasingly grows dramatically, most of them are going to fail. 99% of them are going to fail. And I think that a lot of people are just reacting to the market and reacting to what everyone else is doing. What's the best way to create an NFT project when really we're trying to create a brand? And to me, as somebody who's you know, obsessed with content and, and a content creator myself, I think you know, the obvious answer to creating a brand is through making content and actually telling our story and us being in charge of the narrative that is Yellow Duck. Not letting other people on Twitter decide if we're worthy of making it or not. We are, we know that, and we're going to tell our story and put it out there. A lot of what I'm pumped about with Yellow Duck, all the content I've consumed, all the content Benny and Josh and everyone in our, on, in our community has consumed, you know, kind of aligns us in a way where we're really confident that this story will make it. There's so many stories of projects, companies, you know, people's initiatives or, you know, charities that don't end up making it to that next level, don't end up advancing to where they want to be. And I think a lot of that is like, they're not, they're not really in charge of their story and what they're supposed to do. And I think that a lot of that is with NFTs as well. People just, people let the market decide for them. And I think we're really in a place where we could take control and, I, and I'm comfortable and confident with where we're at. So to me, it's a lot of the content I've consumed has led me to have such conviction about this project and want to hop into it. And I really believe in NFTs. Like as Josh mentioned, this technology is insane. People will come to realize as more adoption comes and we're still learning. We're trailblazing. There's not a path to follow. We have to make it ourselves and uh, we're testing everything. You know, we've made a ton of mistakes. And we're still only a couple months in. So I'm really pumped. And we have, we have such a talented team and, and community members. Like we're on, we're on a call with you right now, Grower. And you, you're so ambitious. You want to start a podcast from the ground up and make it into, you know, the huge dreams you have of making it, you know, maybe getting picked up by NPR, maybe having millions of subscribers on it. That is what we want to build. And I'm really pumped to see that all live happening. We're building a brand live. And it's really cool to see. Yeah. I just want to add on to that real quick. Like Jimmy was saying earlier, we don't really call ourselves an NFT collection. I truly believe any startup, the best way to grow business currently is through NFTs. You're building a community, you're raising funds, truly building a brand. It's the easiest way to raise and build people that are truly interested in your product. And NFTs are just an accelerator to success. I mean, there's no other way to put it. I'd say also like right now, I think it's kind of like poetic that we minted and we have 150 in our Genesis collection, whereas there's other people who are way in over their head, in my opinion, with 10,000 piece of supplies in their collection. And they also have never started a brand. We're starting from the ground up, building with a small community, and we're just going to continue growing. Um, and I think that like everything happens for a reason. And a lot of people who are getting a lot of success at the beginning because just the market in its entirety is doing well. Yeah, most of it's just straight hype based, right? I mean, all these products are going to go to zero. They have yeah. no tangible utility. They're, they're blinded by this like instant success that really I think they didn't have much control and like, yeah, you know, they didn't, they didn't. I'm not going to say no to it. I mean, they're right. going to welcome it, of course. They, these people, you know, that's not going to last forever. They're going to think, oh, all I had to do was, you know, make a couple pieces of art and like get some hype on Twitter. And I made a million dollars in three months. That's not sustainable. That's not going to happen. The market is, it's a gold rush right now. And I'm really happy with like the sentiment of our team and our community that, 
you know, we have 150 mints in our first collection and we're more pumped than ever to keep the ball rolling. And a lot of people slow down after that, like initial success, because they think it's so easy. Yeah. And no other NFT collection is doing content like as their main thing. We're unique in that aspect. And like our second project, I don't want to say too much, but it's going to revolve heavily around content. And this machine that we're going to be creating, especially over the next few weeks and months with content is going to be something really cool and very unique to the NFT. I'm excited to see that. Have you started feeling successful with your wineness journey of going from inception to mint to where you are now? Yeah, I honestly think it's funny with social media and all that we've grown up with, you know, we're Josh and I are 21, Benny's 20. Like we've grown up with phones in our hand our whole life and social media and entrepreneurship as we've grown up has been cool. People going out and starting businesses and doing their own thing has been cool. And I hear so many stories about failure and, you know, failure is just a part of it and growing and learning and, you know, like it's a grind, like now we're living it and it's kind of surreal and it's kind of fun to think like, you know, any roadblocks we hit, any breakthroughs we have, like I know so much success is to come, but also just to be patient with this all, it's kind of like, that's why, that's where I feel success with the why. Like I, I know that the roadblocks we hit or challenges we hit, you know, having to be a little more patient with things is to me, that's like the success that we're, that we're getting to. Cause if everything was smooth and easy and we just started yellow duck and everything was sunshine and rainbows. And we made all this money. I would like, there would definitely be something not connecting. And I don't think long-term we would be as good businessmen. I don't think the community would last as long. Um, and these trials and tribulations are definitely necessary. Yeah. We're all hungry to bring like yellow duck up to the top. We're all really excited, but not even close to satisfied. And it's really cool because working with Jimmy and Josh, I feel like I'm feeding off of like their hunger and they feed off of mine. And it's just like, we push each other and push each other. And it's, it's a really good thing. Yeah. For me, it's more about the process. It's about the game. It's about winning the game. You know, you have to beat every single level and you are going to take losses. And along the way, it's just a part of the journey. And that's what makes it so fun and so rewarding when you make it to the top. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I mean, I think that's the, the interest that people see in entrepreneurship is not only getting to that success, but going through that journey of life solving problems, dealing with those roadblocks, and then sometimes being like, hey, let me step back and see what I actually have to do and pivot. I would say it's a success that we're on a podcast with you right now. As small as it may seem, like this is like one of your first episode or whatever, this is like, you know, a start to a new journey for you. And we're able to like have an impact on that. That's incredible. We're able to document it and we're going to you know, do that tenfold over the next month, over the next year, you know? So that's, I mean, that's like a small little seed that's planted. Yeah, I, I definitely can see that with how the podcast is going. It's like, I just had this inception, I got picked and then I was like, okay, cool. Like this is there, like never been content creator, always was like scared of being in front of the camera. And now I'm just like, okay, let's do this. Like, Heck, like I went to an event two days ago and got to interview someone who had 6 million subscribers. I don't think I would have done that. Like if I hadn't had the idea of like getting this podcast off and now that's like something exciting for, to be teased onto like TikTok, Instagram, YouTube shorts. Like that's going to be exciting to see when that's like published. But to finish up the interview, I have one final question for all of you. Are you guys, if you had to recommend one person to be interviewed, who would it be and why? Just no Jimmy's answer. I'll tell you that right now. In the world or someone I know? 
let's say personally that you know and one person in the world well in the world i think that you should i think a lot of that you have to be patient and wait for like I don't know, the second coming of Jesus would be pretty insane for you to be the first person to interview him. That would be pretty sick. Your views would be off the charts. As far as people I know, man, when you just walk down Venice on the Strand there in LA, there's some people that look like they know some things and they've seen some things, some pretty nuts people. So I think you could go and and do some impromptu interviews there and, and get some interesting answers for some clips. But off the top of my head, anyone who's like a successful entrepreneur has a good why, I'd have to think about. Yeah, so I have a marketing teacher. She was my teacher last semester. I'm not really in school anymore, but I was then. And her whole idea is that the way she wants to run her class is that grades don't matter at all. And she's willing to give you whatever you want and you're going to take away from her class whatever you put in. And she has this whole theory and idea and she's super passionate. She's talked about wanting to change the entire business school's curriculum at Michigan State and eventually change like the entire school system across the country. I think she'd be a really cool person to sit down, talk to, understand her why she definitely talks about it in class like why she does her things and, and it's really interesting it's a very different perspective than you would see from most teachers and i think she'd be a very cool person to interview definitely sounds like an interesting change to the education curriculum that most teachers do where grades yeah. are king personally i'd say don't have anyone in specific i have a few peers that have done really well in like real estate and e-com which i think would be great interviews for you and they're like very you know gurus at what they do right but professionally and people that i don't know personally who is the guy that had the ted talk about how schools kill creates what was his name I know he's, I'm not sure if he's still alive, but. Yes, his name, his name was Alan something. That literally Sir. sounds like my marketing teacher. Sir <laughs> something, right? Sir. Yeah, Sir Ken Robinson. Boom, that's the one. I was completely wrong, but. That's a two-hour interview. That's a solid interview. He did pass away, so I, I, I don't know how it'd be an easy path to get there. <laughs> Never know what you could find. Never know. He might be, he might be whispering from his grave, so. Well, guys, thank you so much for, for coming on to the podcast and. I'm excited to not only be a part of your journey with how you've helped me with this podcast, but as a holder and as a community member. Yeah, we appreciate your growl. Pleasure being on, Grower. Good luck. Best of luck. Everybody subscribe. Everybody follow. And Liquid Death, you better sponsor this man. <laughs> Thank you, guys.